friends, welcome to The Index, a sacred love podcast. I'm your host, Dr. A. This is a platform for our community to share our stories of healing and resiliency. We're going to talk a lot about purpose and personal accountability here. So thank you so much for joining us today. This is episode one. So joining us today is the beautiful Dr. Daria Lawrence. Daria, say hi to the to the crowd. Hello, beloved. It's a pleasure to see you all today. <laughs> so I'm gonna go back and forth between calling her Daria and Dr. D and Dr. Lawrence, okay? But I think she really goes by Dr. D. That's what that that's that's what they tell me I am nowadays. So we're gonna go. <laughs> well, Daria, let's let's get into this because I know um, our friends really want to hear from you. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh my goodness, I am a 32-year-old woman who <laughs> life has been fun for. I have all of these beautiful, wonderful experiences that have come together um, to make the woman that you see in front of you. It's, I by trade, I am a speech and language pathologist. I work with children. I am from the South, but I've received an education um, both at an HBCU, a PWI, and a nonprofit um, not nonprofit, but a for-profit institution that has Mormon basing. So my formal education is very varied, but the school of life, on the other hand, has taught me so many things. And one of those biggest things is, is that we cannot move forward unless we heal. And so it's kind of interesting that I met Dr. A at this point in my life where I'm turning the corner on healing. Like when I met her, it was very interesting. I very clearly remember the woman that I was. And then I started going through this process and I'm like, oh, life is about to look very different. And then I hit like this literal wall and all of a sudden life got really interesting. So now I am a woman who is a student of life, a student of experience. And I am interested in having in as many experiences as I'm supposed to. And I've realized that, you know what, it only gets better from here. Just keep going. Just, just hold on. Just keep going. It gets better. I promise. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's been something. You know, you know, what really um, stood out to me when you said um, you're a student of life, because I know you mean that literally. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell us how you got to the place where you became a student of life because I don't think you've always been a student of life have you or at least you probably wasn't always saying that let me tell you something if you ever want to life to get good put it out there in the universe and I don't know you viewers if you're religious or if you're spiritual or if you believe in anything but all I'm going to say is, is that if you ask the power that you believe in to make your life better, hold on. It's going to be a wild ride. <laughs> as a student of life, what I've discovered is, is that life isn't always perfect. So as a woman, two years, almost two years ago now, so my father died June 23rd, 2020 um, with COVID beginning, like not the beginning of the pandemic, but it is literally, it was that moment 
we're two months into the pandemic, the hospitals are stressed, everyone's stressed, everything is shut down and I've got COVID and my father's dying in a hospital. And everyone's just sitting around me looking at me like, well, there's this strong woman and oh my God, this woman's going to break. At the time I was getting um, my doctorate, I was a speech and language pathologist that worked for a nonprofit children's hospital that contracted me to a public school and I'm still in that position, but my job had gone from being completely in person to completely virtual in a matter of two weeks. Um, there is no warning sign for that. There is no way to tell an, tell an educator or a, a, a rehab therapist, hey, um, you're gonna be in your house for the next 12 months. And the extrovert that I am could not comprehend that I would be able to do that. And so my father dies and I'm, I'm left here with thinking about my mother who thought she was gonna have a love of her life for the rest of her life. My sister who had just recently gone through a divorce and had graduated from, with her master's degree. And here are three women, three women who stood on the shoulders of a giant and we were all breaking. Like we, not breaking, we were broken. We were shattered in a million pieces on the floor. A mosaic of pain, if you will. And I sat there in that feeling and that depth and that despair. And I'll be honest with you, I will never forget the first time I smiled after my father died. And I recorded a video of it and posted it to Instagram because I wanted to remember that even the worst of things, there was still something to smile about. And then there was this Chris Brown song. Um, name of the song is Go Crazy. It's on a collaboration album that he did with someone else. But I posted that video to remind myself like, and the lyrics say, everything you do is amazing. Ain't nobody watching go crazy. And it's just like, I will never forget like those lyrics in that particular moment. And I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can heal, I can do this. And when you have made it to the point that you have broke and you are done, <laughs> you'll heal. You gotta get there first though. Like you have to get to that pivotal rock bottom moment when you're like, okay. I've been dropping like so many things that I want to ask you about, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I kind of want to go back to like when we first met, because mm -hmm. I remember, you know, I remember like our earlier encounters and I just thought you were such a pillar of strength, right? But your father had just passed away, mm -hmm. right? And you, you wasn't showing, you know, I guess signs of being broken, right? Not in the mm -hmm. sense, not in the way that we think people are broken, right? Um, I'm wondering if you want to talk to us a little bit about your like fake it moments and stuff like that. You grab sanity whenever you can. So when I met you, we had joined this Facebook group of people, a bunch of PhD people. You're talking about all these things. And Hold up now, you gotta people. tell the people what the group was. You can't just, you can't just say that and not tell drop the it. story. You can't. And not drop it. So Do that. we joined a group. If I'm gonna tell it, I'm gonna tell it all then. So we joined this story. We joined this group, you guys, for PhD singles, right? So a bunch of people who were either in the process of getting doctors or they already had them. Amanda was one of the people that already had one. I was going to get one and we were just like, okay, we're gonna find husbands in this group. Well, at the time I did not realize that Amanda was already entangled with her husband. <laughs> so I'm in here looking for a husband. I tell you like 32, you know, 31 and single, where is my husband? 
I feel like I should have a husband at this point <laughs> in life. I'm like, I am beautiful. I am this. I am this. I didn't, I didn't. Where's my husband? Hold up. No. I, I need to let the people know that I was going through a divorce. I was not in a singles group looking for a husband. <laughs> I was. <laughs> While I was married, I was going through a divorce. <laughs> And so the thing about it is, is that like this group was this, 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 not this dynamic, actually, and I kid you not, had some of the best discussions and, and it was a combination of fake it till you make it. And also giving me a sense of, man, these people are actually amazing. These people understand what it's like to write chapter two, chapter three, chapter four. They understand what it's like when your committee don't respond. They understand. And be perfectly honest with you. The men in the group were not always our speed. Um, they were great guys for friends. I would not date most of them. <laughs> I wouldn't date any of them, actually. Hey, anybody from that group listening, Daria is speaking for herself. She's That's not fine. for me. I love all of y'all. <laughs> I, oh, I got nothing but, don't, don't get me wrong. I got nothing but love for them. We, did, we ended up doing a group trip last year where we all linked up in New Orleans or, and it was great. Like, don't get me wrong. Men, the men are great people. One of my closest friends is in that group. Top-notch, top-notch men, just not for me. Um, but the women, the women, the women I got from that group, oh my God. Beautiful women who were about their business. They were not only about their business, they were great friends. They, we could call and we could gossip and we talked and it was, just, it was, everything it was like perfect and keep in mind i've never seen any of these women face to face never seen them face to face don't know any just just but here we are here we are bonding over a shared love of wanting to find love and relationships and talking about the real aspects of what it was like to date as women who had finished academia or what it was like to be women of color who desired partnership and we found ourselves just coming up short in that area. It was incredible. It was incredible. Um, the women were top notch, yeah. but those fake it till you make it moments, there were moments of fake it till you make it. And then there were moments when I allowed myself to simply be who I was. There was no masking of my discomfort. There was no hiding of my story. There was no, let me put some gloss and polish on it so that it does this no with with the group I was able to be free I was able to be myself and even and I would curl up and we would have conversations for hours and I'd curl up in my in my chair in my office where I'd been sitting for 10 or 12 hours a day working and I could just be myself but I discovered shortly after my father died that you know if you look good you feel good so I am a proud graduate of B. Jackson State University where we have the indomitable Deion Sanders head coach. And he is known for saying that when you look good, you feel good. When you feel good, you play good. When you play good, they pay good. So I realized if I wanted to feel better, then I had to also look better. I have to also think better. So I had to first change my thoughts. And when I changed my thoughts, it changed my demeanor. When my demeanor changed, people responded to me more. When people responded to me more, I got the reinforcement I needed that I was going in the right direction. And then when I finished getting the reinforcement, I was heading the right direction. Then I realized I no longer needed anyone's approval. I had already arrived. Yes. But it started with changing my thoughts first and meeting people like Dr. A. Um, but 
anybody from the group, look, I got mad love for y'all. But um, <laughs> I just want like a girl strip in the mountains. <laughs> I know, I know. Y'all need to come to Idaho. Y'all gotta stop playing. You know, Ma'am, ain't nobody coming to Idaho. <laughs> we can zen on the back, on the deck, and in the backyard. You know, with the plants with and the, the snow plant. in May, <laughs> and the snow in May. Girl, I'm in Tennessee. Are you kidding me? You lost it. Absolutely not. I'm just trying to invite somebody over. Nobody wants Ma'am, to. Ma'am, you know, now, Dr. A, you know, I'd do anything for you, but that. I love you. But after, <laughs> it, in, with, with it snowing? No, you can come in June. Okay. Let sure. the people decide if you should come visit, you know? <laughs> they can also pay for that $1,000 plane ticket that's going to take for me to get there. <laughs> to get out here. It is horrible. Yeah. And the drive-in here isn't any better. Oh my God. Just did your thing. All right. So right. you know you and I, we can chat all day and all night, right? But we're not going to do that to our friends here. Let's get into something you and I both equally enjoy. I think you probably journal more than I do. You mean I get dragged for filth by these prompts that you give me that just make me... <laughs> I mean, when you want a good dragging, pull out this book. I mean, if you want to be told about your mess and you don't want a human to say it, it's fine. Just pull this out. And if you read it in Amanda's tone of voice, it's like a proper dragging from, you know, your local island girl. You know, just she just drags you for filth. <laughs> you know what's funny? It's when you're opening the book when we're on the phone, like when we're FaceTiming, and then you'll read a prompt. That's exactly what you do. And then you'll get a prompt and you'll be like, oh, no. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll be sitting here trying. It's like, hold it, hold it. Let me see. Let me try this real quick. Hold on, team. Hold on, team. Y'all have to see this because it's always, it's written in a way that you can either go in order or you just let the page, you just let the universe decide which page you write on. Sometimes the universe is talking too loud, so I go to another page. I, I'll be ready to face my own mess. It's fine. I'm, we're working on it in therapy. Um, What you got? <laughs> what you got? <laughs> what page are you I'm gonna on? Read. I'm gonna drag myself a little bit today. You ready? Uh-huh. It is better to close doors on relationships than to lose respect for self. Yeah, I'm not gonna tell your business. <laughs> you ain't got me neither am I. <laughs> We're not opening. I'm, I'm not touching you. You actually need to unpack that one though. Gotta unpack that one. That's a good one. All right, let's do it. All right. So let's talk about one of your entries, okay? Yes. Where are you taking us? All right. So let's let's I think one of my hold on. Let's go to page 39, because this is a tough one. So team, I'm going to, I'm calling, yeah. So team, I, I call us team because I feel like we're all in this together, right? We're all working through this process of learning to be our best selves. And the thing about a team is, is that when you have somebody on your team, a teammate helps you win. They hold you accountable. They support you. Even when they're watching you make the mistake in the game, they'll be like, okay, we're going to get back on defense. We're going to do it. Oh yeah, they scored a goal because of that. We're going to get better. That's what a teammate does. 
So this one was, I am intuitive. I am both gentle and nurturing. I am a healer. I am expressive and creative. I'm a lover of knowledge, a student of the universe. I am patient and embody the qualities of emotional integrity. Of course, I am flexible, though I maintain my standards. So at the time that I wrote this entry, um, Dr. A and I had had a really hard conversation about dating. So as a single woman, I was trying, I'm, I'm trying to date. Try and I would love to call my dating experiences unsuccessful, but that simply isn't true. They were successful. I learned very quickly what I did like and what I didn't like. I learned very quickly about what standards look like for me. I learned very quickly what boundaries should be like for me with men. I also discovered that what someone else found valuable in a person doesn't mean that that's what I found valuable about them. And the most important thing that I learned of all, of all was that if a man did not see value in me, that did not mean that I was not valuable. That just meant that he had poor taste and he should acquire some better taste. Um, I, I feel you wanna, like I can- You wanna really, give the people like some- Examples, real... yes. Oh, oh God. How many do we have? <laughs> um, so I preface this by saying, I'm an acquired taste. If you do not like me, acquire some taste. Um, there was a young man that I was dating. Um, for context, he made $20 million a year. Man was very, like, he's obviously financially stable. Um, and he thought that I was a great woman, thought I was incredible. Um, I thought he was a pretty good guy too. Um, didn't really see a future moving forward with him because we didn't want the same things. So for example, I wanted to get married and have children. He did not want to get married. He did not want to have kids. I was sad about that. But when I made the decision to walk away from him, several of my, um, several of my associates were just like, how can you walk away from that man? He treats you well. He does this. He makes all this money. Da, da, da. I'm like, and he doesn't want the same things I want. The standard is the standard. This man might have all of these beautiful characteristics that really kind of put him up here, but I need him to meet this. The standard is the standard. It doesn't matter. If the person doesn't meet the standard, they're not the person. Walk away. Don't waste your time. Because here's the thing, at a certain point, you go from having someone meet the standard to asking them to change for you. And if that person would not naturally choose to change for you, or change for themselves. And as a result of them changing themselves, they are more attractive to you and not the person. But I say that to say this, is that we treat dating, and the reason I talk about dating as a part of my healing process, because it is a part of that. Some of the deepest wounds I had as a woman were not in knowing how to interact with men and, and constantly being caught in these push-pull relationships where I felt like I was pulling. Mm -hmm. Or at sometimes I was pushing and shoving. And let me tell you something, you get tired. And in the rise of this new wave of talking about masculinity and femininity, I mean, hey, I get it. Um, I didn't do very well in the resting in the feminine place. And as a woman who desired a feminine, like a masculine feminine balance in a household where I got to rest in the feminine and have a man that stood in the masculine, it just wasn't working. So I had to learn how to heal myself and me dating as much as I did was a part of that process. And it was a beautiful part of that process that traded for nothing. Um, but it was tough. It had its moments because there were even these events of healing, these events of dating where I dated men who were very triggering for me because 
being a victim of COVID, I had COVID, my father died with it. I work in healthcare and education. Both of those industries irrevocably changed by COVID. Being a PhD student, so a college student that was affected by COVID. And then just being isolated, this extrovert that's been shut into her house. And I told Dr. A, my house felt like a prison. What did you do when you dated men who didn't believe that COVID was real? What did you do when you dated people who um, wouldn't take precautions or they wanted to throw your precautions out of the window? How do you stop yourself from being triggered with that? And then you realize, I can get up and leave this date anytime I want. I don't have to stay here. I do not have to stay here. I do not have, I am not obligated to share room and space with someone who is romantically interested in me that would trigger me. And I learned that even with triggers, um, my triggers are my own. Whatever triggers me belongs to me. It's how I respond to that trigger that I give the other person some grace for. Now, here's the thing. If you tell somebody what your trigger is and they continue to trigger you, I want to reevaluate whether or not you want to be around that person. At the beginning of my dating journey, and even when I met Amanda, I was one of those women or one of the women who's just like, men should do this. Yeah, yeah, I own that. But then I started listening and I started thinking, wait a minute. We talk about happy wife, happy life and happy spouse, happy house. And there's this concept of, do you want to cry in a Maserati or a Mazda? I would rather not cry at all. I would rather be with a man who can say to me, hey, what you said to me of today upset me. I did not like it. And I wanna be able to say to that man, you know what? You are absolutely right, I apologize. I didn't realize that my statement could do, my statement did do that, it was never my intent. Or I wanna be able to say, you know what? I'm too emotionally charged to have this conversation right now. I still love you and I still care for you give me a few hours to recalibrate and we can come back and have this conversation. I learned that when the pandemic changed face-to-face -face interactions and we lost human connection, we had nothing but written and verbal communication to go on. Well, what happens if somebody doesn't have that skill? How many relationships burn to the ground? We talk about what's better, comprehension or communication. Well, you need both. I'm a licensed speech and language pathologist. I'm telling you, you gotta have both. It doesn't matter what I communicate to you if you are incapable of comprehending. Right. And at the same time, it doesn't matter what you under what I what you understand, if I what you have the capability to understand if I don't even communicate it to you. You have to have both. Right. So, Doctor, because you talked you talked about the you know you kind of talked about the woman you used to be and you know mm -hmm. and feeling like well, I, it needs to be this way and this way or whatever. And then you talked about like that transition, right? And becoming the woman that's like accountable really and who's saying, you know, I can take charge of whatever is happening around me, right? Tell us how mm -hmm. you got from like woman A to woman B or should we flip it and say, you know, you were woman B and now woman A. How did you, like, what was that transition like? <laughs> I'll be honest with you. So from last year, from about maybe May of 2021 to about August of 2021 was this period of, I stopped looking for new men to date um, or stopped being as available to men to date. And I started resting in just the concept of, as we call it now, hot girl summer. So I'm not going to go find a man to keep me busy all summer. Why am I not going to do that? Because I'm going to be with my girlfriends all summer. And, and, and at the time, 
I defended my dissertation on July the 2nd. So I was still working through June, um, completing my study, uh, working at my job, you know, still still just, just rocking it, right? I'm not worried about a guy. I don't have time. There's no room. And then, you know, July 2nd, I defend, I make it. Yes, <laughs> we are here. Less, that was July the 2nd. And, and seven days later, I'm with girlfriends in New Orleans. And, and here I am wearing the off the shoulder shirts and the hot girl shorts and in the five inch high heels. And we're walking around and it's crazy all night. And we are just living our best lives. And I am basking in the fact that I need nothing, that I'm everything, that I walk into the room and yes, I'm that girl. I walk down the street and yes, I'm that girl. I'm with my girlfriends. Life is good. Life is great. And nobody is bothering me. And that was the moment, that was the moment when I realized you need nothing. You are everything you need. Find it within yourself. Mm. So here Can comes August. Again, because I feel like somebody listening needs to. <laughs> like you are everything. You need nothing. Everything you need is within yourself. If you want love, love yourself. You want peace, give peace to yourself. You want to have hope, hope for yourself. If you want to have anything, give it to yourself. I'm going to have to replay that, you know, when I'm edited. <laughs> you said what? I'm going to have to replay it. I'm going to have to like, have you say it, you know, and then play it again, you know, just to make sure that people don't miss that point because you're right. You're right. If you want, if you want it, give it to yourself. Right. Nobody else is going to give it to you. Like I, I pro and one of the first things that I gave myself after my father died was peace. Mm. And you know what that looked like? Peace came from not answering the phone. Peace came from not arguing with people on Facebook. Peace came from saying to people, I respect your views. Mine are different. I do not feel the need to discuss this any further. One of my favorite statements that I learned within a month of my father's death was, I am, I will not argue with people who are committed to misunderstanding me. I will not. I make that statement. That is officially me saying, y'all got it. I am done. Well, Daria, I am not having a conversation with someone who is committed to misunderstanding me. End of story. Mm. Um, another statement that I made as a professional black woman to people became, I do not critique without credentials. So if I've opened my mouth to say it, best assured, rest assured, and best be assured that I meant what I said. I stand on what I said, and I've already researched it and backed it up. I'm not repeating myself. You heard me the first time. I do not have to fight for space in the room. You better be lucky I allow you in the room. So this level of assurance of self, that all came from like your healing journey. Yeah, that, I mean, let me tell you something. You try grieving during a pandemic when nobody can come to you. You lose all those cultural comforts that you would expect for a funeral. You don't get that. You to have a funeral with only seven people. When you expect, like even my closest friends that wanted to get to me, they could not come to me because of travel restrictions. They couldn't get to me. None of my friends live in the city that I live in. They're all six and seven and eight hours away. No one could get to me. You ha I had to heal myself by myself. There was no one here doing the healing work with me. There was no white knight coming in to save me. I had to do it myself. And you realize, do you want to hurt or do you want to heal? And it became a point of me saying, do I want to be right or do I want to get my needs met? So I have a question for you. 
Mm -hmm. You're talking about healing, right? And you're saying, you know, you're talking about the importance of healing. So how would one start the healing process? What does that look like? Admit first you need to heal. <laughs> Just start there. <laughs> Admit that your mess is cat raggedy. <laughs> But you know, that's really difficult to do, right? Because then you're admitting that things are not in order, right? And we don't like to admit that. We don't like to admit that the walls around us are crumbling, even though they are, and we can see that they are, right? But for some reason, we think, well, if I admit it, that makes it true. But it's like, whether or not you admit it, it's happening. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Hold the line, caller. So y'all don't know this but I used to weigh 110 pounds more than I weigh now like I'm just I'm gonna pan the camera down as you can see mama's a small girl um actually not mama auntie I'm the bougie internet auntie for people but as you can see I am not a big girl anymore let me tell you something you are going to hit a point where you cannot go any lower and if you are not ready to admit you you need to heal you ain't hit that point yet don't worry we'll wait for you when you do we'll, we'll wait Call us we'll wait for you to get there Call, huh? I said, call us when you get there. We'll call be. me when you get there. Call me when the literal flames of hell are burning the bottom of your feet because you done got so low. That's when you call me. Mm. It Call me when you are so low. And that's if you believe in hell or not. But call me when you are so low that the flames of hell are burning your feet or better yet, the whale carcasses from 10,000 years ago are around your ankles if you're at the bottom of the ocean. Call me then. You know, call, you know, and the thing about it is we talk about healing. We're like, I want to heal. I want to heal. Okay, admit you got a problem first, homie. That's all you got to do. <laughs> laughing. We're laughing about the whole concept of healing, right? But when you're going through the healing process, there's no laughing matter, right? Because you're literally <laughs> you're Man, let me tell you something. broken. It's ugly. I have a necklace and I don't have it on today, but I have a necklace that I had made that says on the front, healing is hard, but on the back, it says, do it anyway. Yeah. Do it anyway. Well, I don't want to do this. Do it anyway. But I don't like this. Nobody asked you do it anyway. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, I want, and I told a friend of mine this, and I was talking to Dr. A about this. I told a friend of mine this recently, the things we want most are on the other side of the discipline we won't develop. Mm -hmm. If you, and because hello men, if there's a woman you want, better figure out what that woman's standard is and you better meet the standard because that woman has a, every woman has a standard just figure out what that is and if you know what and if you run across a woman whose standard is too high go find one that wants less it's really that simple or you respect the fact that the woman's standard is high and you change yourself as a man to meet the standard it's really that simple when you heal healing the reward for healing is not a relationship the reward for healing is not a new job. The reward for healing is not anything that you can quantify. The reward for healing is being a better person. The reward so for healing is being, uh-huh. Excellent point. That's an, I am so sorry I cut you off, but, mm. but you're, you're, you're getting me going. Okay, so you said like the rewards for healing are not these things, right? But mm -hmm. when we talk about healing, we often talk about purpose, right? Mm -hmm. And so we tie, you know, our purpose in with healing. If you heal, you know, or as you go through the healing um, process, you're likely to figure out what your purpose is as you're healing because, you know, there's all these treasures at the bottom of the ocean, right? Um, but you're not really healing 
because of your purpose, right? So how, how does all of this work? Ooh. When you heal, your mind becomes more clear. You don't have all of these limitations floating in your head. So for example, I used to believe that I could never tell people that I cared for, no. I always believed that I had to show up. I always believed in keeping the peace. Until one day I read a book that said, while you are so busy keeping the peace for others, you have given yourself hell. You're living in hell. You have no peace for yourself. You have no room and space for yourself. And I said, huh, okay. Let me keep the peace within myself because if I keep peace within myself, I can be peaceful to other people. The purpose that I have in life is helping people communicate more effectively to get their needs met. It just so happens that my job happens to be that of a speech pathologist. But when you talk about purpose and you talk about maybe an ordainment set upon your life or a journey set upon your life, I'm one of those unicorns, right? I have three degrees. All three of them are the exact same thing. I am one of those people that left high school knowing I wanted to be a speech and language pathologist. I enrolled in my undergraduate institution. I got a degree in it, went to graduate school, got another degree in it, waited four years and decided, oh, I'm gonna go back to school and get another degree in it. I have three degrees and all the same thing. Because my purpose is in helping you communicate. Now, how I do it is a different discussion, but that's what the purpose is. I figured out that my purpose was in helping people communicate when I cleared my own head out enough to realize this is not just something I'm good at. This is something that people come to me for. So when you're thinking about your purpose, you not only think about what you're naturally good at, but you think about what people come to you for. For example, I go to Dr. A for solutions. How amazing is it that her, her formal education is an in innovation? Who else to go to but someone who comes up with solutions for a living? Whereas if someone says to me, I don't know how to tell this person this, that's simple, say this. I think that's well, what why would... do with me and my, um, and my kids, right? Yeah. <laughs> Like, I want to tell them this. Well, say this. <laughs> or you're like, like, don't yell. Don't yell. And I'm like, oh, I can't yell. No, don't. <laughs> I wouldn't listen to you either. Like, it's, it's very, but Dr. A will say something to me. And I'm like, nobody would pay me for that. She's like, are you crazy? They would pay for that. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. She's like, it makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm going to do it. And then I think about it. And she's like, oh, well, crap. She does. She was right. It's those moments. But let me tell you something, and, and, and healing comes in waves and spurts. They don't tell you about that part. They don't tell you that, that healing is a stairwell, but that stairwell is cat raggedy. Some of the rungs are missing. You don't have an armrest on some portions of it. There's a hole in a step. This step <laughs> creaks. <laughs> they don't tell you that part. Tell you that part. Ghetto. That's what you say all the time, right? Ghetto. Ghetto. <laughs> they also don't tell you that the stairwell goes in a blessed circle. Mm -hmm. mm. The stairwell goes, I want you to think of it as a helix. And as you go, and at the bottom, I'm gonna be very honest with you, it's dark. The steps at the bottom are very stable, right? The steps at the bottom are the most stable mm. because when you start the journey, you're like, okay, I'm gonna do this. But here's the thing, you're walking in the dark. But as you get into the light, the steps start to get rickety because all of that old comes up. 
the things, the holds from your past, the past relationships, the hurt with your parents, the hurt with friends and betrayal, the academic insufficiency, the lack of finishing, all of anything you got, it's going to hit you on them stairs. So it sounds like healing requires us to unpack our stories. Man, healing requires you look in the mirror and you let out every demon you got. You cut all them suckers loose. They talked about Pandora's box and the only thing left in that sucker was hope. No, this is not that. You open that box and every demon you've had for years comes out. And here's the thing, you've gotta be strong enough to leave the box open because sometimes some people's demons the best they can do is clear up some of them and they shut the box on the rest of them. But the breakthrough you need is on the other side of the work you won't do. Mm. I love it's on the other that. side of the work you won't do. Hmm? I say, I love when you say that, you know, it's because it's a reminder to myself too, right? To get going, you know, in those moments where I don't want to do something and I'm like, okay, I gotta go. Cause I can hear you saying that. <laughs> the breakthrough you, and let me tell you something. I recently started making that saying that phrase because I kept running into men who of course sexually driven beings no problem I respect that but you can't simultaneously say to me that you're looking for a wife and you won't exercise sexual discipline you will not stop sleeping with every woman who offers herself to you you are still seeking women to to have casual interactions with you cannot say you're looking for a wife and you do not have the discipline that a husband would have. You are not a husband when you marry a woman. You are a husband when you find her. The same thing for women. He's not, you are not a wife when this man marries you. You're a wife when he finds you. It's really that simple. And if you are, and the thing is, is that we talk about being equally and evenly yoked, right? They're not talking about money. They're talking about values. They're talking about character. They're talking about depth. They're talking about compatibility. They're talking about chemistry. You want someone that wants you as much as you want them. You want someone that believes in the same things you do. You want someone that wakes up and chooses you every single day. But somewhere in there, we got it twisted, right? But when you heal, it's very easy for you to do because a healed spirit doesn't tolerate mess. Mm. It can't mm. because mess comes with chaos. And healed spirits crave peace. So anything that is chaotic, anything that is unsure, it is uncertain, it is disturbing to the spirit. The healed spirit cannot abide with. I love it, I love it. And this is such a great segue, um, Daria. Mm -hmm. to get comfortable calling you dr d you know ma'am i am struggling to call you dr a because i feel <laughs> like because nor because normally on facetime when we're both sitting here looking at each other with bonnets on it is right, not like this. Right. <laughs> and it's a lot of yo and you know so i gotta get used to dr d but i'm gonna figure it out i'm gonna get it together okay so listen so we're talking about the heal spirit right the heal spirit um one in peace and so on so it's a I think it's a great segue into this new person that you become, right? Yeah. As a result of healing. Mm -hmm. So I know you don't you don't cringe with a brand new me the way you do with heal with me, right? <laughs> I cringe with mm -hmm. heal with me because you know I am dragging my own. Heal self. with me. 
Heal with me is the one when you want to be, let me tell you something. When you are healing, right in this one. When you get to the point where you've healed enough to do some other stuff, mm -hmm. this one's going to make you cry. You're going to be very frustrated, but that's okay. You need that. Yeah. But we're going to put it away because it drugged me for filth today. I did not like that, that, that thing I just pulled. And Dr. A and I are going to decompress about that tomorrow morning probably, but, we're, but not right now. I, I don't like being drugged right now. So right. mind your business. <laughs> so take us through one of your entries in a brand new me. Something fun, oh. something... So the very first one I ever did, so Dr. A sent this journal to me. Um, and it said, be open to letting go of the old and embarking on a new journey. What are some of the opportunities you are looking forward to experiencing? Um, that was actually the very first um, entry in the journal, the very first journal prompt. And so for outdoor activities, I needed to get back to walking outside and doing exercise outside because prior to my father's death, that was a very regular part of my life and it was consistent. Um, now I inconsistently do it and I would like to get back to consistently doing it. Some of that is mental health and some of that is Ooh, child, I'm tired. Let me go home and sit down. Indoor activities. So one of the things that I would love to do is take like a dancing class, whether it's like pole dancing, bakata dancing. If I said that wrong, don't y'all dare judge me um, or judge me, but keep it to yourself. Um, salsa dancing, ballroom dancing, something. I just want to go do a dancing class and I feel like I, sh I should have that. Um, just for me, one of those things is to wear makeup more often. With us wearing masks in a pandemic and I have to wear a mask at work, I have a ton of cosmetics and I basically have just been buying makeup for the duration of the pandemic and not wearing any of it. So I need to actually wear some of the things that I spent my money on. That'd be kind of great. Um, I need to de-stash clothing, de-stash my closets. Dr. A has seen my house when there's like laundry everywhere. Um, unfortunately, as a woman who is also kind of vain, I have a lot of clothes. So I need to de-stash my closets because I need space. I love your honesty, by the way. So the tanks will oh. still open with us. Oh, ma'am, let me tell you something. I am vain. I am not going to leave my house looking a mess. I am a pink starburst, not a yellow starburst, and I expect to be treated as such. So there's that. Um, Excuse me. I'm a yellow starburst, like literally I, today. <laughs> and I'm in pink. <laughs> I am a pink starburst. I just want to remind the masses that they have entire bags devoted to pink starburst. Mm -hmm. so um and then also i wanted to change my office space around because it child it looked like who done it and why in there that office ain't been right since i finished my uh capstone dissertation last july i need to get, oof, let's not judge me um at work and career i want to work on uh creating more research the evidence-based research so writing more journal articles and submitting those for publication um, because I feel like I have a valid opinion and I should back it up with research and submit that. <laughs> yeah. That's very presumptuous of me to say it that way. But mostly, I want to shed a light on um, cultural and linguistic diversity and also how poverty and disadvantage, I think, are being characterized incorrectly as disabilities and what they are as disadvantage. But, you know, hey, it is what it is. Um, and then relationships. I want to have a better relationship with myself and continue to give myself kindness and grace. People think that when you heal, you don't make mistakes. And that's not true. You'll make mistakes. You'll walk backwards. You will literally step over a pile of crap, make one mistake and land on your butt in the crap. And then you have to have somebody help you up and help you put clean clothes on because you don't want to touch the crap. That happens, you know? Um, and then finances um, is basically just being overall better with money. 
I'm a woman who loves luxurious skincare items, but it's not necessarily the most appropriate thing, you know, to buy like $70 face cream here, $40 eyeshadow palette there, $65 lipstick every three or four weeks. Mind your business, Dr. A. Um, you know, yeah. I'm just thinking we were just having this conversation a few days ago too, right? When I think there was something that came up about finances and you were like, well, no, that doesn't pertain to me. And I was like, mind your business. Really? <laughs> we don't want to unpack that. <laughs> Not me, the woman clearly that's got like all the consumerism things on her. Listen, Not listen. Me. I, right. I, I will drag myself. It's fine. It's okay. But you know, that's, that's, I think that's the beauty in healing, right? When you get mm -hmm. to the place where you're comfortable in calling yourself out, right? And, um, mm -hmm. you know, you're not so caught up in like the, the, the shame of your experiences anymore. I think that's such a beautiful place to be, you know? Um, mm -hmm. and, and I see us in that space so much when we talk, where we can do mm -hmm. exactly what we're doing right now, where, you know, we can laugh about the things that we've done and, um, not because we're t we're making a mockery out of it, but because it's like the audacity of me, right? <laughs> and then you recognize yeah. like that's not the person I want to be. That's not how I want to behave, um, you know. And that's not how I'm gonna operate moving forward. Yeah, and it's let me tell you something. The most defining part of the healing journey is when you learn to trust yourself. When you have the strength to stand on, I said what I said. I did not ask you for your approval. I did not ask you for your permission. I did not ask you to do anything. So are you saying that during the healing journey, you learn how to not depend on the approval of others as you like navigate like your own world? Cause I feel like that's what you're saying. So as a black woman, um, I'm not going to say woman of color because I'm black. As a black woman who was raised in the South by a baby boomer mother um, and baby boomer father who are both um, profoundly religious, which is fine. And, that, and so am I. I'm religious. Unfortunately, that generation raised a generation of people who did not believe that we, we were raised not to question. And if we questioned, we were seen as disrespectful. Um, to almost to the point that for some people, their parents were incredibly overbearing. Um, I'm no exception to that rule. Um, as a, I'm also a black woman who is neurodivergent. So I have ADHD, which I'm unmedicated for. I also have anxiety, um, chronic depression, um, and PTSD um, from life experiences. Now don't get me wrong, that did not come at the hands of my parents. But let me say this, is that I grew up with a life and I was an honor student in high school. Like, let me tell you something. I grew up in a two-parent household with, fan, with a mother and father who loved each other unequivocally. Um, and I was a straight-A student, honor student in college, have never graduated with less than a 3.5 in any sort of academic institution. And I did all of that. And for a while there, I would call my mother before I made any decision. And I would know what I wanted to do. And I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do this. And I'd call my mom and she'd say one thing and all of a sudden I doubted everything I said. Or I would talk to my friends and they said one thing and I doubt everything I said. And I'm sitting here thinking, you did all of this stuff and you made all these other decisions. You can't make a good enough decision for this. And then something finally dawned on me and it said, 
if you already know what you want to do, why are you even bothering to ask people? Are you wasting your time? Why are you wasting your time asking people questions when you already know what you're going to do? And I thought about the moments in my life where I made decisions and when I, in which I questioned, I asked no questions. Like when I pierced my belly button at college, you think I called five people to ask them if I should do it? Nope. I Googled the closest tattoo shop that would do it, drove there, paid those people $30 and left out with a navel ring. Thank you. And you learn that those are decisions are the most rewarding. And that one little act of rebellion did so much for me. But I will never forget when I first realized you need to trust your good. Um, my spiritual, my healing journey started a year or so. Well, really it started when I started losing weight was April, 2019. But my spiritual journey, which was a deeper part of my healing journey for me started probably in October of 2021. And whatever starts it for you is your business. But for me, it was running into this romantic force and it was like a slap to the face. And I had never, never felt something like that. But that interaction with that young man taught me to trust myself. And if I didn't like something, leave. To believe that even when things, like if something didn't feel good, trust that. Doesn't matter why, just trust it. Um, and the one thing about it that it overall taught me was value yourself enough to trust yourself enough to make decisions that keep you happy, healthy, safe, and whole. Because nobody else can do that but you. If everybody around you died, guess who's still there to keep you safe? When you get to that part of the journey, that's when you're in the home stretch. When you trust that what is for you is for you, when you trust that you are powerful enough to see it through, when you trust that you can make the best decision, when you trust that you're the person for the job, when you trust that you're with the right person or not with the right person and you leave. You know, just like you saying trust, because that's what you need. You just need to trust yourself. That's it. But here's the thing. Here's some things that destroy trust within yourself. Valuing other people's more opinions more than you value your own. Valuing what other people say about you more than you value how you feel about yourself. Valuing anything that does not, that you would not have if you were not already performing. Here's the thing. Nothing gives you value but yourself. You're not valuable because you went to college and got these degrees. You're not valuable because you make a certain amount of money. You're not valuable because you own a house and a car. No, you're valuable because you're human and you exist. Mm. You are valuable because you bring light to someone's life and you just may not know who that person is. You are valuable and you deserve to exist. That's it, that's the post. If you search for value in other places, you will constantly be undervalued. It's not going to work. Seriously. And then here's the other thing. If you ever question your value with people, remove yourself and see what they do. The Hope Diamond isn't valuable because it's a diamond. Diamonds exist everywhere. You can find a diamond. Literally, literally there, there's like a di there's a diamond right here. There's like three or four diamonds in this ring. And I've had this ring for years to go somewhere and buy something similar to that. You're, the Hope Diamond isn't valuable because it's a diamond. The Hope Diamond is valuable because everybody can't reach it. You can't get to it. 
it is valuable because it is exclusive. When you see yourself as an exclusive being, as in you are what makes yourself valuable, it's very hard for other people to shake you. I feel like you're saying safeguard your energy as well. Everybody isn't deserving of my time or space. That doesn't make them bad people. Mm. And here's another thing. It's funny, we talk about bad people, right? And I was just telling Dr. A the other day, I no longer classify people as bad or good. Right. They are either safe or unsafe. Mm -hmm. Somebody can be a good person, whatever you want to call it on the outside. They just may not be safe from my energy right. or safe from my peace. They could be great for other people, but they're not safe for me. And here's the thing. You don't have to explain why somebody's safe or unsafe. The other thing about healing is you no longer require an explanation you or you no longer are going to give one. Nobody explain myself to you. I don't have to. Mm -hmm. Well, I think you should. And that's your opinion. I still will not be complying. Where people know not to just provide unsolic unsolicited like advice, right? Because, right. you know, kind of exactly like what you were saying, where it's like, you know, you learn to um, stop going outside of yourself for advice. Because even when we talk, it's not about, we don't, we don't give each other advice. We provide a platform for each other to unpack, right? Um, but it's never, well, Daria, I think you should do X, or Amanda, I think you should do X. It's, well, why do you feel that way? <laughs> Ma'am, let me tell you something. If you ever need an answer to a question, don't call Dr. A. She's going to ask you, well, what do you think about that? And how do you feel? Look, woman, I called you for an answer. And then you have to catch yourself and be like, why are you asking her for something? Mm -hmm. She ain't do it. <laughs> right, right. And, and, and at the beginning, and let me tell you something. I, I you, 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 let me tell you something. There's go when you heal, when you heal and you get, you're going to hit a point in your healing journey where, there's going to be this, 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 this little catalyst. Might be small, might be big. God only knows. But the catalyst is going to hit. And you're going to feel like you're in the twilight zone. Because something ain't going to be good. You, you'll be sitting here looking around and you just, let me tell you something. You let me tell you when you've made it to the, made it to the, to the, you've made it to the heels club. When you no longer classify people as anything other than healed or unhealed. Somebody does something, something, but somebody does something messy. Ooh, they need to go heal. <laughs> Let me tell you, you know, what was my moment of realization for you when I was like, oh, she's there, right? She got it. When we used to talk like earlier and you'd have like, you know, whatever it is you're dealing with. And I would say to you, Daria, you got to work on yourself. <laughs> and you used to be so upset with me, right? You used to be so annoyed. You used to be so annoyed. Not myself. I've done it. You used to be so frustrated, and I'm like, "Daria, you gotta work on yourself." And you'd be like, "I don't want to hear that." I'm like, but you gotta go work. I've done the work. And now, now, if we're having a conversation, you will say, "I gotta go work on myself." Well, Daria, what about this? I don't care. The answer is still go work on myself. Right. <laughs> I don't even understand it anymore. You're well, like, Daria, what about, I don't know. I still got to go work on myself. Exactly. Well, Daria, what do you, I don't have time. I'm working on myself. You put your own self in timeout. You're like, I got to go work on myself. 
okay. I'm like, she's here. She's here. Hold it. Dr. A asked me, well, what if your husband walked in the door? I don't know. I got to go work on myself. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I'm busy. <laughs> I remember when you first started doing that, I was like, oh, I was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> like, I need to go work on myself as well. Like right now in this moment as she's going, right? So <laughs> those are like you got good moments too. And then you find like, and you get to this point where you're like, oh, that was really unhealed of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. And then you get to the point where you recognize like, oh, you need to go heal. That's a wound. And, um, and I'll, t- I'll say that, can I just tell them that they unhealed in that little part and this is where they need to start? She's like, no, they got to figure it out themselves. Now I'm going to tell them. I'm going to tell them. <laughs> Right. Imagine walking around saying, hey, I can't see a trauma, you know, <laughs> no one's going to hear you. No one's going to hear you. And, you know, it kind of comes off kind of judgy. We know that, you know. And my thing is, I'll tell people, you know, that's a trauma response, right? Mm-hmm. That ain't normal. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. Like, go talk. How's your, how's your relationship with your mama? Oh, that's good. Okay. How's your relationship with your daddy? Oh, that's good. Okay. Well, which woman broke it? Because, um you are not about to talk to me like I'm a yellow starburst. So. I'm never wearing yellow again. I, I That's not true. I'm wearing yellow. No, I, I love you in yellow, but it's just like, but when you realize that people have traumas and they have, and you, you better talk nicely to people. Right. Be gentle with them, handle them carefully. Like for example, talk softly to people talk to them with love. I'll never forget. So I have a necklace and I don't have it on, um, but I have a necklace that says beloved on it. When I first started using the word beloved and I had just met Dr. A um, and she can tell you one of my favorite words to call people is beloved. When I first started using it, it was for two, it was for one reason, um, two reasons. Now it's just for one. When I say beloved is truly a term of endearment. But when I first started to say it, I was so angry at everybody that frustrated me. I would call them bitch instead and so my therapist said you need to use the word beloved to soften how you talk to people because it's a term of endearment it is and so I would used to say to people now beloved beloved um, beloved the tone is different in all of those but you can tell which one is soft and endearing and which one I'm basically telling you now look you ain't about to talk to me like I'm crazy But over the journey of healing, beloved became a term of endearment and it was my soft space. And then it was a matter of darling, beloved, sweetheart, honey, right? And you use these soft words, not to discount someone's name, but to show them that I come in peace. I just need to talk to you. You have no desire to call anybody outside of their name because it's disrespectful. You have no desire to get the last word because you know what? Somebody else needs that last word because it makes them feel more powerful. Makes you feel more powerful to it. It's fine. I'll give you that. Get no fight from me. I come with peace. So what I'm hearing you say is, or, you know, you're talking a lot about kindness and the importance of being kind, right? So I've kept you here for a long time and I Mm want to keep you longer, but I'm not going to do that to the people. I think we'll find a reason to bring you back, but um, Mm -hmm. I kind of want to end on this note of kindness and um, 
or even beyond that, right? Just asking you to leave something for our community, right? Um, there's something you learned um, throughout your journey of healing. There was like this thing that stood out to you that you're gonna hold on to forever. What is it? You are where you are supposed to be at the time you are supposed to be there. There is no point in rushing. You will get to where you are supposed to be when you are supposed to get there. Most importantly, when you're ready to get there. And here's the thing. The only thing that determines the rate at which you get there is you. You do the work, you get there. You have to remain with the work. And here's the thing. You can't just do the work for the sake of saying you did the work. You do the work and you stick with it because that is what you are called to do. I'm never gonna tell you to do something for someone else. I'm gonna always tell you to do it for yourself. Dr. D, I think you left us with so much um, great information. I think we're all about to go work on ourselves right now because you've inspired us to doing exactly that. <laughs> So we're gonna go work on ourselves so that you know the next time we talk to you again, we can tell you that we worked on ourselves and we can share some of those nuggets with you as well. Thank you so much for your time and we're looking forward to connecting with you um, in our community. But before we go, before we go, tell the people how they can connect with you on social media. So I have an Instagram. My Instagram is at L the bombshell. So E-L-L-E-T-H-E-B-O-M-B-S-H-E-L-L. -L -L. It's really long, but it's a play on my last name, which is like Lawrence and um, one of the most underrated movie characters ever, L Woods from Legally Blonde. I love that movie. So L the bombshell. Um, if you connect on my social media, take a look at my pictures and read the captions underneath them. I used my Instagram as a kind of visual diary for myself to help with the healing journey. So if you scroll back to posts, basically from spring of 2020 until now, the captions give you a bit of insight into my mind. Um, and I also just wanna drop this little nugget in there because I forgot to say this. When you're healing, it's gonna get really ghetto. Just stick with it. Um, I have, I'm gonna show you guys. There's a charm on this bracelet. I don't know if you guys, hold on, I don't know if you can see it. Oh, there we go, wait a minute. Does it, can you guys see it? Ah, oh, there we go. It, you can see it barely, it says, keep effing going. That's what it says. Because the reminder is that you don't stop, just keep going. It gets better, I promise. But social media is um, at El the Bombshell. Um, my Facebook is a personal page and not, <laughs> Oh dear God, I don't even check it like that. But my Instagram, definitely on there. But love it. This was awesome. Taria, thanks so much for being refreshing. And I'm sure some of our friends will check you out on your social media. Absolutely.